and welcome to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Van Doren, and in this podcast, I talk with some of the most creative and inspiring people that I know. From hearing about their process to what holds them back from creating, routines and rituals, to the intersection between creativity and spirituality, you'll hear from writers, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, painters, multi-passionate creatives, and anyone else who considers themselves a creative soul. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Creative Soul Podcast. It feels so special to be meeting you on the mic today, meeting you wherever you're listening to this podcast, and share a little bit of an update because the last time I shared an episode for this podcast after posting very consistently every week for the last two years, suddenly in August, I took a little impromptu break. I needed a break. I was feeling really burnt out and I and I didn't plan to take a break honestly but it was all just becoming too much and I was feeling overwhelmed with other aspects of my life and I had to create some space from this passion project of mine the podcast which like I mentioned I've been doing consistently for the last 2 years and took a little break so thank you for being here for showing up today and know that, yeah, I'll just kind of share the space that I'm at because I want to just be really honest with how I'm feeling. And so, yeah, in August when I stopped sharing episodes and now it's November, which I can't even believe it's November already. It doesn't feel like it's been that long, but I was feeling really burnt out with the podcast. It was a passion project of mine to share the podcast. I love having interviews. I love having conversations with creatives. I love having a space where I can come on the mic and share my voice and share some of my stories and my teachings and just really a place for my creative soul to express and to shine through. And I love connecting with you all that listen to the podcast and hear about when an episode resonates for you and when you felt inspired by something or yeah I just love that like community feeling that this project gives me but like I said I was feeling really burnt out in at the end of the summer and I had reached out you know I realized that I really needed support for the podcast moving forward because editing the show every week takes hours and hours of time um I mean every single week posting uh, posting an episode takes around five five to seven hours which is a lot of time to invest into a project and I was doing everything myself and you know having the interviews booking the guests uh you know, recording the interviews, editing the episodes, uploading it. And I realized that after spending all of that energy, I didn't have any time, any energy left to really promote the episode, to really put in intentional efforts and sharing the episode widely, just kind of pushing it out and letting it do what it wants to do, which I think part of that also, that resistance of really spending a lot of energy into marketing the podcast is partly me and partly, you know, not wanting to be seen and kind of this fear of being seen. And I'm really done with that narrative. I I really have done a lot of inner work to 
figure out the root of where that is coming from and why that is coming from. And it has a lot to do with my childhood, of course, as all of our root beliefs typically do. Um, and I've done a lot of walk, a lot of work to move through that. So I also kind of had this narrative too of not wanting to ask for help and not allowing myself to be supported and having to do everything on my own. And so after producing the podcast myself for two years straight, I really felt like it was time to hire someone to help me, to help me, um, you know, continue to make the show for you all. And I started, you know, I, I asked people on Instagram. I got a ton of inquiries, more inquiries than I was expecting of people wanting to help. And that just overwhelmed me. Like I wasn't ready to really, I guess, receive the help that I had asked for and just really wanted to take some time off for myself to figure out what feels good and what do I want to spend my energy in. So that all, I'm kind of sharing all of this backstory, not to say that the podcast is going anywhere. The podcast is still very much here, very much alive. I just want to be more intentional with honoring my natural flow and my natural rhythm and seasons and, you know, posting an episode every single week by myself is no longer realistic for me. So either I will have to be more intentional about hiring support or I don't know, we'll see kind of where it takes us. But I have a bunch of interviews that I have already recorded and that I'm excited to release with a lot of really cool, interesting guests like Alexandra Franzen, um, a woman about, you know, how to align your career with the seasons and have a lot of ideas about where I want to take this show moving forward. But I guess all of that is to say is to kind of give yourself permission when you do have these passion projects, this create, you know, these creative projects that your creative soul is excited about, but it's not realistic to expect so much of yourself. And I know that this is also something that I am really working on. Of I place a lot of expectations and pressures on myself to be super consistent and to put my best effort forward. But I'm a human and I need time too. So I feel like it's funny to kind of explain all of this behind the scenes stuff because you know, sometimes when I don't see a podcast or an Instagram, like I hate when people on Instagram are like, I was gone for a month and so much happened and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, I didn't even notice you were gone. Like on the internet world, a month is not long to go. And I think it does feel like a long time for us as, you know, the people deciding to take a break, whether that's with social media, whether that's with a project that you're doing. But I mean, really in this capitalistic world that uh, encourages us to create constantly, to grow constantly, to produce constantly, it brings me back to that quote where the only thing that constantly creates, produces, and grows in nature is cancer. And our creativity is not a cancer. Our creativity needs to have its seasons. Our creative projects needs to have its seasons. So that's just a little lesson that I learned in the last two years of consistently posting this podcast and kind of reaching a point where I felt honestly exhausted, overwhelmed, burnt out, and needing support so desperately, but not even being able to have the space to actually receive that help. So 
I was just inspired to come on the mic today and share a little update episode um, just to explain where I'm at and just to show up authentically. So I wanted to just start this little episode with that and I'm not even sure what it's going to look like for me coming back to the podcast. You know, if we're going to start posting once a week or I don't really know, but that's where I'm at right now. So I hope wherever you are in the world that you are also honoring your inner seasons and embracing your natural rhythms and allowing yourself to take breaks and rest because that is so essential for our creativity and our self-care. So I thought it would be fun today if I shared a solo on a little wedding planning update. I shared a solo episode a few months ago now on wedding planning as a spiritual and creative process because this process truly has been such a spiritual initiation it really is it's such a an excavation of bringing everything that was buried underneath the surface to the surface for you to look at for you to feel for you to heal and a lot has been coming up for me in this process and I want to keep sharing about it because I feel like I don't hear, you know, you hear things about wedding plannings or, you know, really any big event that you have in your life, whether that's motherhood, becoming a mother, starting a new job, moving to a new city. There's such a initiation that that happens when you move through these big life events. You know, there's there's a threshold that you cross over. There's a person that you were before the event and the process of the evolution of the person that you are on the journey of being, you know, a human on earth. So I really find these major life events to be such a beautiful initiation, even though they can be hard and challenging at times. So I think in my last solo episode where I shared part one of the wedding planning process as as a spiritual and creative practice, if you haven't yet listened to that episode, definitely check out that one and come back to this one after you've listened to that one. But in that episode, I was sharing about how we wanted to have a little DIY micro wedding in Florida, and I was looking at Airbnbs in Florida, and I had found this like big mansion um, where I could sleep all of my family, and we could have the wedding in the backyard, because what I really envisioned for my wedding was a very like intimate backyard type of ceremony. And I realized that I, you know, I had talked about too how I didn't want to go a very traditional route. Um, I was feeling, I was feeling different things about the word tradition because I always felt like I didn't have a traditional life, I didn't have a traditional upbringing, um, and I don't have a traditional family really. You know, my I'm not really connected to my dad, and um, yeah, I have had interesting relationships with my parents um just the dynamic of my family which is a process that I'm currently undergoing of you know the last couple years really excavating some of my childhood trauma well a lot of my childhood trauma and realizing that I had a lot more trauma than I was aware of and was really just not aware of a lot of patterns that have played out and the way that my childhood has really impacted and affected me Um, And that's definitely a story for a separate solo episode when I'm ready to share. 
But yeah, there was just a lot of things that made my life untraditional and that, you know, I used to think that that was kind of a cool choice, like I'm different, my family is different. Um, But really, I think that came from a wounded place of not really having the normal life that I saw other people having. So when it came to wedding planning, that immediately came up and I was thinking, you know, I don't want to have the whole you know, classic wedding structure of, you know, all of these rules that you have to follow. Like, I'm just going to do my own thing, do what feels good to me, which is what I'm doing and which is what I'm going to do. But it's so interesting to see how the process has played itself out. So I want to get into that a little bit. So yeah, last we talked, we were going to move forward with this Airbnb in Florida. And then I was talking to a couple friends, talking to a couple people, and they were saying, you know, it's it's going to be, you know, and I was thinking about also like all the DIY aspects and thinking about how, you know, Paxton and I, my fiance and I, we live in Michigan. So moving, you know, having a wedding in Florida when you don't live in Florida is hard. And I think any person who has a destination wedding can agree. And with my family and the way that we kind of are spread out across the country, there's no like hometown for me to go back to. There's no place where my mother lives or my father lives that I can have my wedding at like it's kind of I feel like I'm on my own largely here so I knew that it didn't really matter where I had the wedding because either way everyone was going to have to travel to that place because my family is so spread out um and so someone had given me the advice that you should really think about maybe having your wedding in Michigan because it's much easier to coordinate with vendors to be able to bring things and I was just kind of imagining all the travel that Paxson and I would have to do if we were going to have it in Florida. And I just thought, you know what, I I did have so much resistance to think about having my wedding in Michigan because if you've been following along on this podcast, I only moved to Michigan in the mid, in the beginning of this year, January 2022. And it's been a huge life change. I've never lived in the Midwest before. I've previously lived in New York City and California. And so this was just a really big change. And I have no familial ties to Michigan. I don't know anyone in Michigan, um, really just me and my fiance. So I felt a lot of resistance to having my wedding in Michigan. But the more I thought about it, the more it made sense to pick something more local so it could just be easier on me and Paxton planning this big event, planning this big wedding. And that's kind of an advice I would give of just what would feel the most easeful and stress-free as possible because I feel like people always talk about the stress involved with planning a wedding. And I didn't totally understand that at first. I was like, why would it be stressful when you're, you know, planning a celebration of love, this is supposed to be a joyful experience. Um, and now that I'm way deeper into the process, I can understand why there is so much stress involved with weddings. And that has to do not only with figuring out the budget, figuring out, you know, the financial, you know, how are you going to finance this wedding? How are you going to put all these details together? And then also navigating all of the things that come up. And like I said, with big events, I think a lot of things can come up, not only for myself as someone who is experienced, not only planning, but experiencing the event, but also it's a big, it brings up a lot of stuff for people close to you in your life. It brings up a lot of stuff in your familial relationships, in your relationships with your friends. And there can just be a lot of things to navigate. So 
we kind of made a decision to go the local route and um, look at some venues in Michigan. And so I had gone on, I think it was like one, some Facebook group, maybe for the Almost 30 podcast group and was kind of searching because people will post on there all the time, like, you know, what did you do for your wedding? All that kind of thing. So I was looking for inspiration and I, someone on like a random comment thread had mentioned a venue that was only two hours away from me in Michigan. And so Paxton and I drove out to the lake. We're about two hours from Lake Michigan itself and this beautiful little town, St. Joseph, Michigan. We toured this wedding venue and it was beautiful. It had like this beautiful fairy garden ceremony space that just looked so beautiful, like kind of in the middle of the woods. It was in the middle of the summer when we visited. So there were like black raspberry bushes blooming all over. There was roses. Like it was just really kind of like a garden fairy tale enchanted dream. Um, and we met the woman who owns the venue. It's family owned, very small. And it just seemed like perfect for what we were looking for. Um, but there were a couple details that I didn't love. Like um, the property was kind of on this old property there was a couple houses on the property that you could use to get ready but they were very just not even victorian style just like very old and just not the style or the vibe that i'm into but i was really attracted to the outdoor space so i was thinking okay if we just keep it outdoor in the summers and you don't even need to go inside like that part doesn't matter so we ended up wanting to move forward with this venue we only toured one and, you know, then this vision, this new vision kind of came into my sphere because previously my vision was this Florida beach wedding and, you know, I'm all about the beach. I'm a mermaid at heart. I love the ocean. And so it felt natural to me to have a beach wedding. But as I tuned into more of my soul and where I'm at currently in this current evolution of myself, and I'm discovering this connection to the land in a deeper way. I'm con I'm discovering this connection to the forest and to nature. And so it felt kind of appropriate to move the wedding to Michigan and kind of have this forest lake atmosphere instead of the ocean atmosphere, which I thought I was going to like. So again, that's kind of like speaks to, yeah, just what you thought it might it might look like and what you know, what, when you, in, in, when you embark on a creative journey, it, it's so unknown. You don't know what's going to come out of it. And so it surprised me. I never would have imagined that I'm going to get married in Michigan, near Lake Michigan. That like never would have been even a thought on my list, but it's just the way that the process has evolved and I'm staying open to what the process um, contains and the lessons that it will teach me. So Again, this is wedding planning as a spiritual and creative practice, and I think that can be true on any creative project that you embark on, any creative journey, any spiritual initiation that you grow on. You just have to keep meeting the moment where it's at and keep seeing how it evolves, keep taking steps. So another point here that I'll mention is in this process of planning the wedding, it it really illuminated to me the idea of manifestation. And I know in the spiritual community, we talk about manifestation a lot. We talk about, you know, vibrating to a higher frequency to align with what you want in life and allowing that to attract to you. And in this process, I realized that manifestation needs three components in order to work, in order to see it come to life. And 
I'm treating this wedding planning process as like a huge manifestation, something that I'm putting a lot of intention into, a lot of investment into, a lot of energy into, and to see what it will become is so beautiful to see that co-creation with the universe. So those three things that you need for a manifestation are vision, action, and investment. And I realize this could be true for anything that you're trying to manifest in your life, any project that you're trying to create, any anything. You need a vision. You need an intention. You need an idea of what you want to create. And then you need some action. You need to take some action. So whether that's me starting to look for venues and emailing vendors and you know taking that daily action of putting something out there. And then lastly, you need some kind of investment. And so for the wedding planning process, a lot of the investment comes from finances, you know, and what kind of wedding are you able to have according to the finances that you have? Because weddings are a huge financial investment. And even just, you know, just putting on any type of event is a financial investment. And it really has been showing me that in a new way. And in the investment piece of a manifestation doesn't always have to be financial. It could be energetic, emotional, could be the way that you're investing your time into a certain thing. But I feel like in this process, I've learned that a manifestation can be just distilled into three steps, vision, action, and investment. And that I definitely feel like I'm going to be using that kind of framework moving forward in other manifestations that I want to create. So back to my um, actual wedding story of finding the venue. So we had found the venue. We were feeling good about it. Um, I was back and forth with, with the woman. And like a week before I was about to sign the contract, I was looking at wedding dresses online, thinking about, you know, what do I want my wedding dress to look like now that I know the style of the venue? Like what do I want my wedding dress to look like? And when I was on the website, I was on I was on some like random wedding designer's website, like totally random, kind of went down like a little internet rabbit hole. And someone had, you know, there was a review on one of the wedding dresses and I read the review and the review said, I got married in Southwest Michigan at a venue called Mill Creek Wild. And this, you know, I had got this wedding dress and it was perfect. And I was like, wait a second. I, like in all my research, I never heard of this venue, Mill Creek Wild. I don't know what that is. Southwest Michigan is where we are. That's where the wedding is going to take place. So I was like, let, I, like I felt this like ping. I was like, I need to look into this. So I look at the website and it's this beautiful website. Um, this woman who's an artist who really values art and creativity and putting together intentional spaces. And she has three different wedding venues in the area. And so I just felt like, oh my God, we have to see this venue before we sign the contract for this other venue that we were pretty set on. We were like, yep, it works. It has what we need, all of that. So we end up going to visit the venue. Like I emailed the lady like on a Friday and I was like, can I come tour it tomorrow? And so Paxson and I went and we loved the venue. It was beautiful, but it... It felt to me like I felt kind of, I felt triggered in a sense that I, I felt like I didn't deserve it because the way that the venue was set up, it, it was set up for more of a traditional wedding ceremony, like, you know, having a cocktail hour, having dancing, having a legitimate reception and a catered reception, like 
all of the things that, you know, kind of fit that wedding formula. And in my mind, I was like, well, we're not going to do any of that. Like, I don't think we're going to even have dancing. You know, the reception just might be like a potluck. Like, I wanted to keep it really casual and not so formal and not so formalized in this like wedding format. So I was like, okay, I feel like if I have my wedding at this Mill Creek Wild place, I'm going to be forced to do kind of more the traditional wedding stuff. Like there's a very specific area for a dance floor. So it would be very weird if we did not have dancing and, um, you know, all of that. So what it really felt like was this, I wasn't good enough for this, that I didn't deserve this type of wedding experience. And that's what I'm saying when I talked about tradition and the way that I view tradition that I was, you know, my first reaction was like, oh no, I'm going to turn my back on tradition because I have not had a traditional life. So I'm not going to have a traditional wedding. But as I have continued on this process, I've realized like, no, actually, maybe I do want some tradition. And maybe I didn't want tradition because I didn't think I was worthy of receiving what everyone else seems to have for their wedding. And I didn't feel like I was deserving of receiving what everyone else gets for their wedding, that I had to do something different because I wasn't worthy of it. And a really big part of that also is connected to finances. And I think I mentioned this on the first, the part one of wedding planning as a spiritual and creative process, but I don't have familial support for the wedding. I, you know, my father's not involved in my life, so I don't have support from him there. My mother is very there emotionally, but financially she can't really help with the wedding. She's a single mom and, you know, works and just doesn't have the means. And even Paxton's parents, Paxton has a single mom also, and she's also in a similar situation as my mom. So Paxton and I both understood and knew that whatever wedding we were going to have, that we were going to be 100% financially responsible for it, which I honestly had to go through a period of grief in order to process that because I had to go through all of these feelings that came up that I had never allowed myself to feel before, but to feel that emptiness of the support that I don't have from my parents for my wedding. The fact that I don't have a dad who is going to walk me down the aisle, the fact that I don't have a dad who is going to pay for my wedding dress or pay for anything connected to the wedding, the fact that I felt and I feel like I have to do this all by myself. And that's a story, belief that I have, like I said, picked up from childhood that I have to do this alone and I don't have support. And I really went through a period of grief uh, mourning that, feeling like, ah, oh my gosh, I like almost want to cry thinking about it. But I even had... Um, I remember I had a dream during this kind of grieving process about, I basically call this dream like the dream where I was a trash bride. So in this dream, like I, you know, it's like this weird wedding situation and there's people coming, but they're not coming. And in the dream, everyone starts giving me trash as gifts, like literally piles of trash. And they're like, my dress is all ripped up. Like I just look like total trash and people are giving me trash. And I shared this dream that I had with my therapist and we kind of unpacked it. And really what it pointed to was just this feeling that I have deep inside of me where I felt like a trash bride, where I felt like I wasn't worthy of receiving, 
yeah, where I felt like I wasn't worthy of receiving love. I wasn't worthy of receiving support. I wasn't worthy of receiving my dream wedding. I didn't feel like I could receive it. And deep down, that subconscious belief was there that I felt like a trash bride and I felt like nobody cared about me, that I didn't matter, and that, you know, who was I to even put on this event and ask people to show up for me, ask people to be there for me at this important part of my life. So that brought up a lot of emotion and and I started to move through those and kind of move through that that feeling of, okay, I have to do this on my own. I don't have support. I don't have financial support. How am I going to pay for my wedding myself? Like realistically, what is possible for me? And I, you know, want to believe that I can create the abundance that I desire, but how can I really create it if I don't believe that I'm worthy of it? So I went through a period of really working on my self-worth, really unrooting those really deeply seated beliefs and really exploring where they came from and why they were there, Um, which I don't want to get too deep into now because, again, I'm not totally ready to share all of that, but that's what came up for me. And so I just want to be honest about that. Um, Also, a lot of stuff was coming up around body image in looking for my wedding dress and thinking about what I was going to wear on that day and how I wanted the pictures to look and how I wanted to be seen that day. And a lot, a lot of body image issues came up, things that I didn't know I was carrying. And my friend, Shannon Keating, she has an amazing podcast, Unmasked and Open Hearted. And we had a little soul sister chat on her podcast where we talked about a lot of the stuff coming up for me in the wedding planning process. And a big part of that conversation was on the body image stuff. So if you want to get like a deeper insight into that, and if that's something that you deal with, or if that's something that could be helpful to you, definitely check out that episode. And Shannon's also like an amazing coach for women, especially coaching women through disordered eating and body image and self-worth and self-love. So definitely check her and her workout. But I'll share a little bit on my podcast too, of what was coming up for me surrounding body image. But Immediately when I was thinking about, you know, what kind of wedding dress would I want, it didn't really become about like, okay, what do I like? What do I desire? It was more about, well, how would this look on my body? And the body that I have experienced life in, I've always told myself stories that my body was bigger than everyone's, that my body didn't look as good in clothing. I was thinking about how I needed to have a wedding dress that had sleeves so that I wouldn't, you know, have my fat arms in pictures from the side and that I would need to have sleeves to cover my arms because I was feeling insecure about my arms. And it just became a lot of that. And back in like June, maybe. Yeah. When I was in, I was in California for my sister's college graduation and I went to a wedding dress boutique store to, to do my first wedding dress appointment and to start trying on dresses and to start seeing styles. And so I brought one of my friends, she was in my roommate in college and it was just me and my friend and the shop owner. And they had all of these dresses picked out for me and I had chosen some dresses on the website. And so already in this like experience of trying on wedding dresses, I noticed that I felt extremely uncomfortable. I felt so uncomfortable having the attention on me, having the attention on my body, having to look myself in the mirror and see myself as a bride and just felt so deeply uncomfortable and ashamed by my body and my body type and feeling like 
worried that dresses wouldn't fit me and they wouldn't have dresses in my size. And I went to this little boutique in um, Venice Beach called Dreamers and Lovers. It's like a very boho bride um, wedding boutique shop. And some of the dresses they didn't have in my style or in my size. And it just kind of spoke to just the inclusivity that we don't have in this culture. And, and even when you think about a bride, you know, I feel like I have this image of a bride in my mind. And it's the image that has been pushed to me my entire life of what a bride should look like. And a bride is thin. A bride is skinny. A bride is not me. And so a lot of that was coming up and feeling really uncomfortable um, about my body. And then we had Paxton and I did an engagement photo shoot while we were in Stone Harbor, New Jersey, which is um, a little beachside in New Jersey that I grew up going to. And so it was a very special, meaningful place to me as a child and being able to ha- take our engagement photos uh, you know, with, with my fiance um, was really special. But when I received the images back um, after like a couple months, the photographer, you know, gave us back the photos from the photo shoot. I looked at these images and I cried. I cried because I, my first thoughts were thoughts of judgment. My first thoughts were, I don't look good enough. And my first thoughts were, I don't feel worthy of love because I had not seen a body like mine in love. I had not seen a photo of a body like mine in love. And it felt, I I just felt terrible about them. And I shared more about this in the episode with Shannon, but, you know, I was able to talk to my partner about it or, you know, share it with him. And he was able to really support me in that. And I talked to my therapist about it. I talked to my friends about it and really moved through these feelings of unworthiness and and wondering where are those rooted beliefs coming from where I feel like something's inherently wrong with my body, something's inherently wrong with the way that I look and something's, you know, inherently wrong with accepting that a body like mine me that I still deserve love and that I still have a partner who loves me and who sees me as beautiful and even when I can't see myself as beautiful. And so that was a really big piece to move through because I had previously thought of myself as someone who was very confident and very proud of who they were in their body and felt like I was okay with being seen, but that wasn't the truth. That wasn't what was really going on deep, deep, deep down inside. Deep, deep, deep down inside, I was feeling really self-conscious, really unworthy, really unloved. So I was able to work through that. And then I went to another wedding dress boutique um, in New York City uh, called Grace Loves Lace. And I had a really interesting, uh, you know, then I had kind of moved through all that. And I was like, you know what? I felt so uncomfortable at the previous dress fitting. I am just going to have fun with this one. Like it's low key, like just, you know, take this experience as something that's really enjoyable. So I was with my best friend from middle school and we got to this little boutique in Soho in New York City and you know the shopkeeper whoever was you know fitting me for my appointment she had champagne for us and she was a woman who looked like me and so that automatically made me feel a bit more comfortable to see someone who had my similar body type and who was you know helping me get ready and and get dressed and see myself and something that was 
unfortunate is I had, you know, same thing as before, you kind of pick out the wedding dresses that you want to try on, the styles you want to try on. And the wedding styles that I wanted to try on, they didn't have my size in the store. And the shopkeeper like told me in the fitting, she's like, you know, they, this company doesn't carry a lot of sizes for girls like us. And she said that, and I, you know, of course, immediately knew what she meant because we had similar body types and she had, you know, different styles for me to try on things that I wouldn't have tried. And I think it it is important to try on things that you normally wouldn't try to see if, to see if anything, you know, fits your fancy. But, you know, I remember that feeling of, of just that understanding of girls like us. And I then like got so angry at just the culture of them teaching us that our bodies are not okay. The fact that I can be a bride in a mid-sized body and they don't have my dress size, something is seriously wrong with that. And I know that I'm not alone. And I know there are so many women who look like me and so many women who don't look like me. And to have that feeling as a bride, to know that you don't have inclusive sizing and you don't have dresses for me to try on, that is not my fault. That is not my body's fault. That is your fault as the company. So again, that was Grace Loves Lace, which I'm sure is a beautiful company. And I know one of my friends who's getting married um, has a dress from there. Um, But anyways, that's all to say. Like it just, it just points to how messed up some of this stuff is and how a lot of these deep seated beliefs, you know, aren't our fault. They come from society. They come from society. So I'm not like getting mad at myself for having those thoughts when I saw those engagement photos. It's more about the, the fact that it was so wrong for society to teach me that in the first place. And so that's what it's really about. So I had those two experiences with wedding dress shopping. And then um, there was a little boutique uh, in Ann Arbor, which is about an hour away from me. So locally in Michigan that had a lot of beautiful dress styles. And I went to an appointment there like a month ago. And I went by myself this time because, like I said, I don't know anyone in Michigan. And Paxton certainly couldn't come with me to my wedding dress appointment. And so I went by myself and I just felt it was such a different experience. Like they had, I had said like, I think I had said my sizing and they had half of the shop like closed off just for me. And the whole rack was just dresses in my size. And it was so like, it felt like the experience that I was waiting for where I was able to come and see these beautiful dresses and know that like it's not they're not going to be like oh sorry we don't have that size it's like nope all of these dresses are in my size and it just felt really supportive and 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 nice and so I tried on a few dresses there was one that I was really interested in but like when I had seen it online but then when I looked at it in person it didn't fit the way that I wanted it to or just it had some weird wiring whatever so didn't end up going with that one but I found a dress and as I'm trying on this dress, I'm like, this is beautiful. Like this is everything that I wanted. And the price tag was about $1,000 more than I wanted to spend on my wedding dress. And like I said, because I'm managing all of the finances of the wedding myself, um, I'm having to be very careful about my budget and what I do spend money on. And I had a certain amount of money that I wanted to spend on my wedding dress. It was about $1,000 over that. And so, you know, I'm driving home being like, I feel like this is the dress. Like, I feel like this is the dress that I want. 
And I sent a picture to my mom and my mom is, you know, my mom shares that, you know, she wishes that she could just call them up and pay for it. And she's kind of uh, sharing that she wishes she could do that for me, but she can't. And, you know, maybe she can and I should just get it. And I remember feeling so just kind of sad because I felt again like here I got my dream wedding dress but you know now I I need to pay for it and I don't know if I can pay for it I wished that I had someone in my life who was just going to say yep Leah I got you here is your dream wedding dress like you don't have to worry about it I'm gonna pay for it it's all good and as I was talking to my mom and she's sharing that she wishes she could do that, but she can't. And I totally understand, totally get it. And also would feel uncomfortable if she were able to do that for me. Again, that like feeling of not wanting to receive. And so later that night, I'm like sitting in the bath and I'm like thinking about the dress and I'm like, I feel like this is my dress. And do I just do it? Do I just spend the money and buy my dream wedding dress? Like, do I, do I believe that I'm worthy of my dream wedding dress? Do I believe that I'm beautiful enough for my dream wedding dress? And the next day I was like, fuck yes. Fuck yes, I am beautiful and deserving and worthy enough for this dream wedding dress. And, you know, the money will come and go. And I believe that and I trust in that. And long story short, I bought the dress and I was able to pay for it myself. I used my own money and... It just felt like a really beautiful moment because I was no longer, I just feel like I I raised my self-worth for myself, you know, and no one else did that for me. I did that for myself. And even though I think this journey for me is really about opening up and being able to ask for help, being able to ask for support in ways that I need it. It felt like an important thing that I could give to myself. And so I bought the wedding dress. I have the wedding dress, which I'm so excited about and just feeling really good about. I feel beautiful in it. And yeah, I'm just really excited. Um, It's from a company called Essence of Australia. Um, And I got it at this little boutique store in Ann Arbor called Beloved Bridal. So just kind of sharing things along the way, if if that's helpful for anyone, for any brides that would consider themselves plus size or if, you know, other stores don't have your sizing. um, I found a lot of really beautiful dresses at this certain company and grateful for companies that are inclusive, even if they are all the way in Australia and not in America, because that is what America is. So got my dream wedding dress and oh, I didn't even finish my story about the venue. So like I said, we had found a venue. We were about to sign the contract. We went and saw this Mill Creek Wild place and loved it, but I didn't feel worthy of it. And also like the other place was a little bit cheaper. So was just trying to figure things out. And I went back and forth on it. Like it was such a big decision to make. It felt like such a big decision to make. And then I went to South Africa and I went to South Africa for a month. I went in September. If you follow me on Instagram, then you've seen some photos from that. And it was such a beautiful trip. I want to do a whole separate solo episodes on South Africa because she brought me back to life. And wow, Africa is incredible. But anyways, I really wanted to lock down the venue um, before I went to South Africa because I was leaving for a month and just wanted everything to be done. 
uh, since the wedding is in June. And, you know, once you have the venue booked, then you can really start working on booking the vendors and all of that. So I was waiting for the contract for this previous place, had decided, you know, had my two options between Mill Creek Wild and this other place. And I decided I was going to go with the other place because I loved the outdoor area. I loved the fairy garden area. I, you know, it could be more about what I wanted with this whole backyard kind of potluck intimate ceremony vibe. And was like thinking that if I chose the other place, I would have to end up spending more money because then I would have to do the whole dancing and a catered reception and all of, you know, the more traditional wedding stuff. So I was waiting for the contract and the lady, the woman just never got back to me. And I followed up and followed up. And the last email exchange we have is that she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I got so busy. I'm having my intern send the contract. It'll be there soon. And it never, never got to me. She never sent the contract. And I was already getting some red flags from this woman um, because, you know, it's a, she's she owns the venue herself. She doesn't really work with a team. She was late to the appointment when she ended up showing us the venue and she had said she was going to send some things but didn't. So there was just some like wishy-washy energy with her. And I was like, if I'm going to be working with this woman and like planning a wedding at her venue and I'm expressing to her that I want to give her money for her venue and she's still not being prompt with her response and giving, you know, sending me the contract, I was like, this doesn't feel right. So basically what ended up happening is she ended up ghosting me and never ended up sending the contract, but it became such a beautiful blessing because I was able to get what I really wanted, which was Mill Creek Wild and to have my wedding there and to have maybe more of a traditional wedding, which I didn't think previously that I truly deserved or that I wanted. Um, So now we're having our wedding at Mill Creek Wild in Michigan in June I've sent the save the dates and I've booked most of the vendors. So a lot of a lot of action has taken place a lot. You know, now this manifestation is becoming more real. And now I'm finding the other next layers of the wedding planning process, which is really about navigating those relationships and navigating hurt feelings and navigating different people's emotions and different people's opinions, which is all part of the process, right? And so that will definitely be part three as I continue to experience it and integrate it so that I may share it with you. Um, But really wanted to focus on the financial aspect of it that came up for me, the feeling of being supported, not being supported, work, you know, working through those feelings of self-worth and self-love and deservingness and worthiness of receiving the love that I already have in my life, the love that me and my fiance share and being able to share that with the people we love in our life. Um, and of course, also touch on body image because as women, as brides, as people in this country, in this society, it is really complex to be able to explore some of those things. And so thank you for listening. Um, whether or not you are planning a wedding, have planned a wedding, or know someone who's planning a wedding, or hope to plan a wedding in the future, I hope this episode was helpful to you. If it was, please share it with a friend. It's so helpful to be able to grow the podcast in the way in that way, and to feel supported in that way, and to feel um, just like we're really building this community. So. Thank you for being here. Thank you for bearing with me as I continue to navigate 
my own creative process, my own rhythms and flows. And let me know if anything spoke to you in this episode. I will link below the part one and also the episode with Shannon Keating where we talked more about body image and healing in relationships. So definitely check that one out too. But I love you all so much. I am so on this ride of life with all of you. So love you and we'll catch you soon. We have a lot of interviews coming up. Um, I have a lot of interviews that I've already recorded and just need to be edited and released and we will do so when the timing is right. So thank you for your patience and thank you for being here. See you all soon. I hope you enjoyed that episode and thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please feel free to share it with a friend and tell them what inspired you. Or if you'd be so kind, you can rate and review the podcast. And when you do, I would love to gift you my free guided writing meditation that will connect you to your creativity, yourself, and your spirituality. Just go on over to my Instagram at Leah Van Doren. That's L-E-Y-A-V-A-N-D-O-R-E-N and send me a screenshot of your review and I will send over the meditation and I would love to hear your thoughts. Stay inspired, stay creative, and keep shining your creative soul.